0: Good morning well this morning we're going to talk about jesus commandment and of course jesus commandment is that we love one another pure and simple that's it and all sorts of wonderful things would happen if we really did that unfortunately we don't always do that in fact i think one could argue that most of the time we don't and involved in this idea of loving one another is the concept of friendship. Yeah. I was just thinking yesterday because of an historic event that took place. I'm, a, I'm very blessed. I have four friends that have been friends of mine for 56 and a half years. And I still, uh, I still talk to all of them regularly. We still all know what's going on in each other's lives and we would still pretty much do anything for each other you know, if i if i was really in a bind i know i could call one of those four people and that is a blessing Our scripture reading comes from the 15th chapter of the Gospel according to John, verses 9. And the very last verse won't read quite like your pew Bible because your pew Bible is really not a good translation. I'll I'll read it a a better way for it to be translated. I mean, I hope you all do realize that, you know, there are numerous versions of the Bible and for those of you who are used to um, learning a foreign language, whatever that language may be, you know, any translation is an interpretation, unless you're just doing a single word. Uh, so there's always an interpretation. And there are better translations of the Bible than others, and I won't get off of there this morning. And, this, and the New, the new Revised Center Version is really a pretty good translation most of the places. But uh, verse 17 is kind of cruddy here. Anyway, consider the word of the Lord. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you this command, that you love one another. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who blesses us with all things, God who shows us the way of life, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, and our salvation. Amen. Well, it sounds like a pretty easy thing to do, right? That Jesus is saying here, all we have to do is love other people the way he loves us. Or all we have to do is love our neighbor as we love ourselves, right? But uh, we don't usually do that, do we? In fact, I rarely do it. I can't speak for anybody else but I rarely love my neighbor as I love myself. If I truly love my neighbor as I love myself, then I would treat my neighbor the same way I treat myself, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. There's no confusion there, but, but the fact of the matter is is that most of the time in, 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 in my particular life, I'd say at least 90% of the time, I treat myself better than I treat anybody else. Like I say, I can't, I can't speak for everybody else, but, uh, but I, I can speak for myself. And, uh, and usually uh, my first thought is, how does this affect me, right? Not how does this affect somebody else, but how does it affect me? And Jesus is real clear there. Uh, he's, he he doesn't, doesn't mince his words at all. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love. You see, Jesus is telling us that the relationship that he has between himself and God the Father and the love that he demonstrates is because of that that relationship with God the Father and that we can have the same sort of relationship with everybody if we maintain that relationship with him. It's, it's really not complicated, but, uh, but why don't we do it? And, 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 and also, I think about this, the, you know for those of us who are parents, and some of us are, we don't tell our children to do things because we think it's going to make their life hard, right? We tell our children to do things that we think will lead to life and and good things, and make and make life good for them. But uh, many times those things involve, and nearly always, they involve an action on the part of our child, right? And that's the other thing we have to clear the water about. Love is not some frothy emotion, right? Love is an action verb. Uh, True love is always manifested in actions that people take. And and all the love in chapter 15 here is agape, the Greek word agape. There there aren't any other words uh, that John uses in in chapter 15. You know, that that sort of self-sacrificial love that cares about the other person, which of course is what love is anyway. If I truly love somebody, then I will what is best for them, right? It's not just, you know, it's not just like sometimes we do when we talk to our relatives on the phone, right? Or somebody and we and we end the call by saying, I love you, you know. That may be true and and, and all that, but true love is manifest by actions that back that up jesus says close to the end of this passage that he's called us he's chosen us we haven't chosen him and he's chosen us for a few very specific things that he lists here the first specific thing that he calls us to and that he's chosen us for is joy wow everything about that and 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 again think about think about this situation here jesus is having his last supper with his disciples. This is the last time they really get together before he's going to be crucified. Before he's going to be crucified. And he's talking about being full of joy. Wow. wow! I mean, if, if uh, we could really get a hold of that. And then he says, if you'll keep my command, if you'll love one another, then your joy will be complete. So. And it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if how could we not be happy if we walk in the way of Jesus? I mean, it's, uh, but then we can, we can tie that in with the thought that when you're in pain, when you're suffering, when you're upset about something, who does it usually concern? Why, right? It usually concerns me, you know? And the the quickest way, the quickest way out of that, and that's what Jesus is telling us here. It's, it's, It's pretty straightforward. The quickest way out of that is to do something for somebody else. Wow. to Do something for somebody else. How simple it is. How very, very simple it truly, truly is second thing Jesus calls us to in this passage is love, which he calls us to throughout the passage. But if, if we go in the order, you know, he's calling us to love. And again, all of those things that are associated with it. And then he says, if you keep my commandments, you're no longer my servants, or actually the word here is slave. You're no longer my slaves, but you're my friends my friends now there are some I think very interesting passages in the Bible that tell us about friendship and they also tell us about this this idea of abiding abiding in and being with and I just want I I want to touch on a couple of them real briefly and then I want to spend a little bit more time on one of them the first one I want to touch on is uh, in Genesis chapter forty-four, and this is this is the place where Joseph has revealed his identity to his brothers, and he's and he's told them that Benjamin needs to stay there in Egypt, and they freak out because ever since Joseph has, as far as Isaac, I mean, as far as Israel Jacob is concerned, uh, is dead, and then of course Benjamin's the only other son of Rachel. So he's very attached to him, and in fact, the way it's put here in uh, verse 30, it says, "Now therefore, when I come to your servant my father, this is this is uh, one of Joseph's brothers talking about going back to see Jacob, and the boy that would be Benjamin is not with us. Then, as his life is bound up in the boy's life, when he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die." Wow, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty intense, isn't it? But we know, we know this is actually possible, and we and we've seen cases of this. So, I mean, some of you may have had the experience of a sad experience. Have any of you ever had a pet? I mean, this is, and this is a, a pet that you that you that you left because you went on a trip or something sometime, and it didn't eat. Has anybody ever experienced that? Uh, uh, other than me, actually, I actually had a, 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 a conure one time, a little, a little parrot, and uh, it, it died the day before I got home. Uh, I was gone on vacation for two weeks, and from the time I left till the time I got home, it didn't eat. It didn't eat because of it was attached to me, and uh, and that's what it's talking about here. Are we all know of cases where? Uh, people have been married for many, many, many years and one of, one of them dies and within a few weeks or a few months the other one dies, right? This is, this is the kind this is the kind of relationship Jesus is talking about this is the kind of relationship he had with God the Father and this the kind of relationship that he expects all of us to have with him and then from that with each other And this ties into, of course, friendship. And I want us to to look at the great, great example of friendship that we see in the Bible. Probably the greatest example of friendship other than Jesus and his disciples and and all that was between David and Jonathan. Y'all remember David and Jonathan. They were good friends. Of course, Jonathan was Saul's son. So he really should have been David's archenemy, all right? Because Saul was trying on numerous occasions to kill David. Now David made a lot of mistakes, like, uh, again, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, you know? And I think most of us do from time to time. But David did a lot of things well. And one of the things he did well was he was loyal to those he loved and his friends. And he watched out for them. Regardless of the fact that he was a rotten husband, he wasn't a very good father, and and he he had a couple other flaws, right? But uh, welcome to the human race, right? But he was loyal. Listen to what it says here in 1 Samuel chapter 18. It says, Then Jonathan made a covenant with David, because he loved him as his own soul. Wow. He loved him as his own soul. And David felt the same way about Jonathan. And, of course, uh, Jonathan and Saul got killed, and David became the king. Now, I want to quickly hit upon a story in 2 Samuel chapter 9, and i'd like for all i invite all of you when you go home this afternoon or sometime this week to read this whole passage i'm just going to i'm just going to hit bits and pieces of it this morning but this has to do with jonathan's son mephibosheth and how david treated mephibosheth now remember remember and we even you know there's all this uh, hoopla going on now right About uh, the royal family and all that in England, and you know all all that stuff. So, so there's still there are when in a situation where there's a king, and a king has an heir, that person is usually the next king, right? And that person is is the rival of whoever else is vying for power in that situation. So I want you to think about that in those terms. David asked, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Wow. And there's the other thing. You see, Jonathan's dead, but David's loyalty to him, David's love for him, is still alive. You see, simple death And I call it simple death because that's what it is for us. Simple death is completely powerless when it comes to true love, when it comes to the kind of love that Jesus is talking about here. And that was demonstrated in Jesus' resurrection. Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and he was summoned to David. The king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, at your service, notice, David doesn't even know these people. Ziba is the guy that's the servant of Mephibosheth. Because of the political situation and the wars and all that, David doesn't even know Mephibosheth. The king said, is there anyone remaining in the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And again, this is crucial. David had it right. He was showing God's kindness, not his kindness. Jesus chose us. God calls us to do things in his behalf. And David knew that. Everything that David was able to do was because God allowed it. So it was because of God's kindness Ziba said to the king, there remains a son of Jonathan, he is crippled in his feet. I'm gonna skip down a few verses. Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and did obeisance. David said, Mephibosheth, he answered, I am your servant. David said to him, do not be afraid. He says, you know, I'm not gonna kill you because you're the old king's grandson. And I'm worried about you trying to rise up and take power. For I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you the land of your grandfather, Saul. And you yourself shall eat at my table always. then wow. the last verse of that chapter, Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem. For he always ate at the king's table. So, how do we lay our lives down for those around us? How do we demonstrate the type of love that Jesus was talking to his disciples about, that David demonstrated to Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth? We just do it. We lay our lives down and we do it. And it's not so hard to do if we remember Jesus' example, and we remember the fact that as David was kind to Mephibosheth because of Jonathan, we are chosen to be kind and show love to those around us because of our relationship with Jesus. It doesn't have anything to do with them. It has to do with our relationship with Jesus. Just like David's kindness that he showed to Mephibosheth was because of his relationship with Jonathan, not because of his relationship with Mephibosheth. Now, Jesus said to remember him, to remember what he did. And that's what we're doing as we come to the table this morning. We're remembering Jesus, remembering his love for us. But also, as you come to the table, I want you to remember the joy that's available to you if you abide in Jesus. I want you to remember the love that's available to you when you abide in Jesus. I want you to remember the friendship that's available to you. And I want you to remember that you always, always have a place at the table. And it's our place to make a place at the table for everyone else. Amen. Go now in peace. And as you do, walk in love. And do that with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.